Hi, this is Ken Hardy, and you're listening to Red Devil Talk, the podcast with Jimmy Williams. Red Devil Talk is the latest Manchester United fan site with authentic write-ups on all things United, as well as interviews with former players. In addition, Red Devil Talk examines the growing concept of sports psychology in the modern game. I'd like to start by talking about your move to United, Nick. Can you tell me a bit about that process? At the time, I was at York City. I was starting my career. Um, and I was playing in their youth team. Um, and there was a scout. And he obviously was impressed with what he was seeing. And uh, told the uh, told Sir Alex that was worth probably worth giving, giving him a chance at United. So it came about, yeah, in August... 1995, mate, yeah. So you played your trade at York. Did you feel did you feel mentally ready to make that big jump up in standard? Um, well, it was, all a bit, it was all a bit of a... I didn't really have time to think about it, mate, to be honest with you. York City had just played on the... Uh, York City had played Man United in what was called the Coca-Cola Cup, mate, on a, on a Wednesday night and beat Man United at Old Trafford 3-0. Um, I wasn't playing. It. I wasn't playing the game. I was only in your CSU team, but I was there at the game, and and the deal was done before that game. Uh, without I didn't even know anything about it. Mate. Um, I just got told to go and see the manager at York the next morning, which is what I did. So I went to see him, um, and he told me Man United's coming coming for you. We've accepted the bid, and uh, you're going. So before I know it, I'm I'm in the car driving to. Um, to meet Sir Alex, signing the contracts, and then then training the next day after that. So mentally, I didn't really get time to even think about it. I, I was just, um, as you can imagine, as a young kid going into the, the club that you support, etc. Yeah. Your dream move, um, no time. You just got to get your head down. But mentally, I was quite strong anyway. Having a Man United scout watching you, um, some players I could see being a little bit intimidated by it, but. It, I, I never I never saw it that way. I saw it as um, a, a, a chance a chance to impress this uh, this scout and um, do the best I can in that game that he's watching. Yeah, it all happened really quick. Then you just took it in your stride. Really quick, mate. Yeah, honestly, it was, it was unbelievable. Yeah, within a couple of days, my, my first training session, I signed the deal at United. Um, trained the next day. My first session was with. Um, a shooting session with Andy Cole and Eric Cantona. So talk about in the deep end, mate. Uh, straight in the deep end, sink or swim sort, sink or swim sort of scenario. But I actually did all right. I really enjoyed it. That's with the manager watching, all the coaches watching as well. So uh, I think uh, mentally, I was uh, I was quite strong. Were you surprised at the jumping standard when you got off the club and? How hard you can imagine, Kaya. Like, I can imagine uh, it must have been a big job. I can imagine like York City with well, a league, I think it's a league, well, well, league two team, obviously going to the, the best team, the best team in uh, in England, if you like, at that time. Um, so you, you can imagine the, the, the standard was a huge difference, huge difference. The quickness of play, the quickness of thought with the players, the professionalism of the club. Um, so yeah, the standard was high, very, very high, and as it should be at Man United, world class players, world class club. Um, 
But I, I soon adapted to it. I soon, a few weeks into it, I was, I was, I was up and running. Not, not a problem at all. What was your first impression of Sir Alex? Um, yeah, fair. Wouldn't cross him. Um, really, really, just a really nice guy, mate. To be fair, um, I remember him coming downstairs at Old Trafford to meet me and. Um, Fed friendly, absolutely got on with him quite well, which I did through throughout the seven and a half years that I was there. So, just he was just a great guy, fair, strong but fair. Um, yeah, but obviously you don't, you wouldn't, you would never cross him because if you did, you were out the club. So um, you just did everything you could do to to impress him, mate. You obviously saw Peter Schmeichel firsthand, maybe arguably United's best ever goalkeeper. Just how good was Pete? best in the world at his time um, by far um, I used to watch him in training mate um, obviously we trained together all the time um, so I'd watch him in training and I'd never seen anything like him mate we'd do like shooting sessions and stuff like that and he was just colossal it, it, hardly any goals were getting scored in his shooting sessions when he when he was on top form he, he was the best I've ever seen and Still to this day, I don't think there's been a better goalkeeper than Peter Schmeichel. He's still my favourite ever goalkeeper, mate. So, but it was just the way, just just his stature um, in the, in when when we trained. He, he trained as he played. Uh, what so we didn't want to concede. Hey, he conceding. Um, great guy off the pitch as well. Um, but like watching him train when he's doing his start, you know that start technique that he did. Just the way, just the way he could read the players and stuff like that. It, it was just, it was just a goalkeeper miles above everybody else at that time. At that time, mate. And to try, the, the odds of me trying to take his place were zero because it was never going to happen, mate. He was brilliant, mate. Absolutely fantastic. Great guy as well. I think Pete knew his jersey was safe with me behind him, mate. Let's let's be perfectly honest, mate. I was nowhere near as good as him to. Um, to take his place, mate. Um, nowhere near, mate. Let's let's be honest about that. And, no, and nobody, nobody was really. To um, Pete Hudson, Pete oh, to take Pete's place, he'd have to leave the club. Um, that was the only that was, was the only way you were gonna get into that first team, mate. Um, but my relationship with him, absolutely fine. Goalkeepers union and stuff like that. Have a chat. Not a problem, mate. Yeah, got on well with him. Got on really well with him. The next one's a fan question now. What would you say the grounding was like at United? Does it put you in good stead to develop as both a man as a footballer? Yeah, both them aspects that you just said there, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the professionalism of the club um, uh, back in the day there when I was there, absolutely um, second to none. And second to none. And yeah, as a man, it, it was um, especially been a young lad there when I joined when I was seventeen. Um, yeah, it was just the way things were done and the way things were run. You knew, like I've said before, you knew you don't step out of line of Man United. You keep your head down. You work as hard as you can. You do. You do what they say. You learn. Try and learn as much as you can for coaches, etc., etc. And uh, yeah, it was just it was just run there professionally, and uh, I really enjoyed it, mate. To be fair, when I, when I talk about it now in interviews and stuff like that. Brings back loads of memories, mate. So, um, and the, the, the memories, the, the great memories, mate. 
there's, I have some experiences there that no other player, um, half the player, is there, obviously, whatever experience, mate. From talking to you, and obviously, I don't, I don't know you personally, but it strikes me that you really love to reminisce about your time at the club. That's that's the way it's coming across. That's right, mate. Yeah, if you think if you think about, I I look back at it and it's a bit surreal now when I think about it. Like, like I travelled around Europe with them uh, for a good couple of seasons. Um, I was in the squad for the for the, the, um, for the Champions League games, and I was sub. I was subbing again in the quarter final against Real Madrid at Old Trafford. Where we lost that game, all but um, and I was sub twice in the Charity Shield games against Arsenal and it's things like that, mate. I, I look back at it, and obviously I look back at my debut. My debut, obviously, only being short, but um, to, just to achieve, get to that, and stay and run on a pitch with from, on with Man United's first team, it's just. It's just uh, it's just an unbelievable thing to achieve in my eyes, albeit not a long not a long debut, but something that I'm really proud of. You touched on your debut there, August '99, Highbury. What emotions does that bring to your mind? Well, adrenaline, um, excitement, mate. Uh, I mean, the whole scenario was. Uh, it was when there was the proper Arsenal United games with Keane and Vieira, and you know when those those two top teams, two great great teams, um, always competing. It was like uh, Sir Alex and Arsenal then going to fly that the rivalry between them two. Uh, so the the games were massive, big pressurised games. Um, so I, I I was looking forward to it. To be named to go on the bench was was. I was happy as, as happy as anything just to get on the bench at Highbury. Um, obviously, Raymond got injured at the end, and uh, the gaffer said, uh, "Just turn around and said, Nick, get yourself on, just like that." So I just got stripped off and ran on, and just did me, just did my job. I was up to be fair, mate. I was hoping for a few for a few more minutes um, in injury time, just to just to see um, how I was going to do. But obviously, it blew up straight away, mate. But um, the things, the, the the emotion, yeah, it's just amazing, just excitement. I wasn't nervous. I had no nerves, no nerves coming on at all. Just, just quite level-headed. Just go and do your job. As you said yourself, there it was, of course, short. But no one can take away the fact that you played for the club. Do you have Do you have any tinge of regret that you didn't add to your appearances? No, mate. I don't. To be honest, I've, uh, I would have played more games. If I was good enough, but obviously I wasn't quite good enough to um, play any more games, or I would have played them because the gaffer would have put me in and played me. So there's no, there's no shame, there's no shame in that at all. It's nothing. It's, I'm, I'm, I've got no regrets about that at all. But um, yeah, do I wish I could have played a few more games to see how I got on? Of course I do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just to, just to see. I wish I'd have played the game after the Arsenal game. I think we were away at Coventry. On the Wednesday night, but Raymond got himself fit against. I would love to love to have played in that game, just just to see how I got on. I, I think I'd have done all right. I don't think that, I don't think I'd have been a goalkeeper who could have uh, sustained fifty games a season in Man United's first team. I don't think I'd have been. I don't think I'd been good enough for that. But maybe to fill in as a number two for a game here and there. Yeah, I, might, I think I might. I think I might have done all right at that. 
obviously then Taibi came in. How much of a blow was that to your progress? Yeah, I was a bit going, mate. It obviously didn't work out for him really, to be fair, did it? I, I thought at that at that time was a good chance. Um well, a good chance for me to maybe for the gaffer to throw me and maybe see how I see what see if I did sink or swim in the first seat. Probably a good good chance for one what well, like on the younger keepers I think the fans would have liked it. Um seeing a seeing a young keeper come in, um and given a chance, but um, yeah, well, it did hurt a bit. Yeah, it did hurt a bit. I've got to be honest, but um, you can't dwell on these things in football. It's too short, so you've just got to, again just keep your head down. It's another hurdle. Jump the hurdle, mate, and just see where the journey takes. Just all you can do is keep your head down and work hard, mate. At that club, well, at any club, but anyone should be doing that. But um, especially at Man United, mate, you can't let you can't let things affect you. But I was a bit gutted about that, mate. Yeah. Let's chat for a moment about life post United. Was that difficult? How did you pick yourself back up and restructure your career? Um, well, I went down to um, Queens Park Rangers on a three-year deal down there, um, and um, it was it was the right time for me to leave Man United because obviously I was never going to get in the first team in the end. Barthez came in, etc., and and what have you. So um, it was the right time to leave. Um, Gutted, absolutely gutted to leave. Obviously, the biggest club in the world, but as a as a as a football, you want to be playing first team games. So, my mindset was right. It's got I've got to get my career up and running. Really, start getting some games from my belt. So, I got I got a good three years of QPR. I didn't really go well, to be fair, but um, kept getting injured, mate. It's a bit of a disastrous move, really, mate. And that's where I retired there in the end with, with my knee injury at twenty five. So. I was a bit, I was a bit good about that. So I had a short career, mate. To be honest with you, but a career that I'm very proud of. Um, I achieved quite a lot. I think I played, I don't know. I think I played about 115 league and cup games with the clubs I went on loan to, etc. So um, quite a lot of games in a short space of time. Um, some my career never really took off to the heights where I thought it was going to go, mate. Um, just, just got cut short by injury, unfortunately, mate. That's actually my next question now. It's the injury in 2005. Obviously, you had to retire. Uh, psychologically, that must have that must have been tough to take. I don't think I've ever got over it, mate. I honestly, I honestly don't think I've got over it, to be honest with you, mate. I, I, I think about it all the time, that um, football and always looking for that adrenaline rush. Um there was no coming out of the game. There was no support network at all. Um, the, the PFA, the PFA. I went to see the PFA, um, but there was no like. I would say I don't know if counselling is the right word, mate. But just someone to see. You just come out of a bubble, a bubble that. A support network. Yeah. Yeah, just come out of football, which, which is a, it's just like a bubbling out of football. And you come out into, then you're in the real world, then you can't retired. Um, and obviously, I didn't make the money like they like make now, mate. I was nowhere near it. So I've got to get a job. So I've got, I'm going from fans singing your name, signing autographs, all, all the things that 
you said the footballers do to well I was driving a lorry I got I got I was delivering steel around um, around England about six months after it all um, so me my mind and my mental state I was not in a good place at all and like, the, there was no there was no support network no one no, nothing I think it's a lot better now to be honest with you I think the PFA have got I've got hold of it now but um, then back then you know, I, I, I was in a bad place and I still like I said before I still don't think I've got over it fully but you just got to keep going mate and there's, there's no there's no point looking at the past all the time because so you can't change it now so um, you just got to keep looking forward mate to be honest with you I think in the last maybe 10 years sports science Sports, psych- right. sports psychology has really come to the fore, but there was no real, yeah. there was no real sport errors at the time for players who are forced to retire, injured, or who are facing a prolonged period of time on a sideline. I think you're right. You're exactly right. What you said. The last ten years definitely has come to the forefront about the with the mental health of players in who do retire because there's so many players that do retire that we don't even hear about. They just where do these players go? I don't know where they go. Um, but yeah, you're right. It has, it's a lot, lot better now. That's something I'm massively interested in. It's the mental health of athletes who don't make it or who are injured and injuries. So it's a, it's a big passion of mine. But it's even the, yeah, the injury. I was injured for two years trying to recover from my knee, and when I look back at it now. No wonder some some players do properly lose it. You're going in, you get your treatment, you're watching the players going out, having fun training and stuff like that. And you and, and you want to get out there, but you can't because you, you you've got a long term injury, and it, it is a, it is it's an it's an awful feeling. It's an awful feeling not not being able to do what you want to do when you when you're when you're injured for such a long time, and. Yeah, you do. You can go some dark places. You really can. I, I did. Um, I, I would drink. I would drink quite a bit. To be honest, I drink more. I more than what I should have. Um, just to try and get. I was just trying to get away from it. Um, but I was all right. I got. I got, I got over that bit. But um, no, it's not good, mate. But I'm glad it's a lot better now for the, for the players or athletes. Because yeah, not just not just footballers, is it? I spoke to a couple of players. They've said that one of the main challenges, obviously, when you're playing, and you're part of the club, everything is kind of done for you, and then you're that's right. then you're released into the world. You have to do things for yourself for the first time. That's a, a shock to the system. It's a massive shock, absolute massive shock. Yeah, you, you get told when to train, what to wear, what time you're eating, all all that stuff. So yeah, everything is done for you. It, you like you look you like just like a baby in in that football world, but and then yeah, you're right coming out coming out of it, doing yeah doing things just doing normal what normal people do. It's 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 takes like some getting used to. It really does years and like I, like I said already, I still I'm, I've still not got used to it. And I'm, I've been retired now fifteen years somewhere like now. Still not got used to it. That's all. I still look for that adrenaline rush. I still play games, charity games now, just to try and get that adrenaline rush. Although I did retire, I came back into it, into non-league. I retired, I stopped playing for complete and rest of my knee for five years, or six years, 
and then came back and played a little short about two or three years in non-league um, still looking for that adrenaline rush that I, that I was getting and I got it I got it back a little bit but then, then my, my hips went my knees went and back went <laughs> everything went when I was about 36 so, uh, but I still I still play now mate, in charity games still I just, I just when a place it feels like it's a bit more normality it just feels like when I'm on the pitch there and back in normality and it's uh, where, where I belong I still get that sort of feeling mate but um, yeah it's tough dead tough mate that real world isn't it in terms of modern sport at the highest level how much do, how much do you think is linked to mindset I would say about 80% I reckon I mean you can have all the talent in the world but exactly if you don't apply yourself and have the mentality to keep winning over time ultimately right. you'll come up short I think that's right I would say I'd say yeah around eight, good 80% definitely if you, you need the right mindset you've got to be strong everything's got to be right up there but like you said if, if it's not then like you said if you can have all the ability but if you're not right upstairs then it's, it's going to show it's going to show unfortunately from the men that you have played with in your career if I was to say the word leader or someone who exhibits great mindset what names come to mind uh, at Man United, uh, well, I'll say Gary Neville, Roy Keane, them two leaders, mentally very strong. Obviously, the manager, which it filtered down from, I'd say. Absolutely, yeah, obviously, absolutely second to none, yeah, of course, of course, yeah. Um, so, right, but all, all them, most of them players, I'd say, or all them players in that era that I played at Man United. Were leaders in their own right in different ways, um, but yeah. When you when you say a leader, I, I just think yeah, I Roy Keane and Gary Neville made to be fair. I just have a couple more questions, Nick, and they're fan questions. If that's okay. Yeah, of course, mate. Yeah. Who would you say was the worst trainer at United at the time? I'm trying to think, mate. Is anyone I? There's not really any bad trainers, mate. Because if you're a bad trainer, you won't play. Um, is there any other folks I could sell you? But... Well, of course, United is all about standards and excellence. I don't imagine too many people would drop below those standards on a daily basis. No, no, he wasn't allowed to. This is a thing. Or Roy Keane would go straight through you and tell you you best help in your game and training. You, you, no, no, there wasn't really a, a bad trainer, mate. Because, yeah, you're out. You're like, like you said, you won't, you'll be out. You won't play. You'll be in the reserves. And no, no play wants out. So, I can't say there was a bad trainer, mate, to be honest with you. Did you ever get an earful off, right? Not that I can remember, mate, no. I might have got a couple of looks in training, mate. And that's, that's enough, uh, if I'm honest. A couple of stairs in training, mate. But, um, no, not in... Um, not verbally, didn't know that, mate. No, but what a guy he is, what a player, mate. Absolute legend. Yeah, incredible. A one off. They don't really make players like, no. like Roy anymore. They don't, mate. They don't. I, I love him, mate. I, I, love, I love what he does now. I love how he comes across with his commentary and uh, all his, uh, his TV stuff. Brilliant, mate. Um, if you had 30 minutes 
to have a conversation with anyone from history. Now, this person can be a sporting figure or a musician. You 30 minutes to have a chat with them. Who would it be and why? <laughs> Some of the fan questions would make you think. Yeah, they do, don't I to, I'm trying to think who, who really intrigued, intrigued me. Um, I'm trying to, I don't want to go for one of the obvious ones, mate, either. I think, um, I think mine would be Sir Alex. I would love to pick his reign for 30 minutes. That would be amazing, wouldn't it, mate? An experience, I'd imagine. Of course. Of course, mate. It would be unbelievable, that. Um, trying to think of some legends, mate, and I've got, I've got a few in my head. I've always been a big fan of Elvis Presley, mate, to be honest. I'd like to know what went, what, what went on in his head. Yeah, I'll go with that, mate. That's a good one. We'll take yeah, that. Okay, that's hard. Imagine, imagine the stories he's got. Yeah, and Frank Sinatra. Them two, yeah. They are some right stories, mate. Perfect. Thanks very much, Nick. I enjoyed that. No worries, mate. Any time, pal. Not a problem. If there's anything else you need, mate, just let me know. Thanks, mate. All the best. Sort man, mate. Cheers, pal. Falling for it. James can only fist it. It comes for Cantona! Oh!